Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Today, we're delving into the world of Pilates and its benefits for physical and mental wellness. We're joined by Mary Lou James, owner and founder of Excel Pilates, who brings over two decades of experience and passion to this unique form of exercise. And before we dive into our discussion with Mary Lou, let's take a moment to explore the history of Pilates. It was developed by Joseph Pilates in the early 20th century, and Pilates was initially created to rehabilitate injured soldiers in World War I. Joseph Pilates believed in the strong interconnection between physical and mental health, which led him to develop a series of exercises that focus on core strength, flexibility, and mindful movements. This method, originally called controlology, quickly gained popularity and evolved into what's known today as Pilates. It's a practice that's embraced worldwide for a holistic approach to fitness and wellness. So in this episode, we'll explore the philosophy of Pilates, its distinctive mind-body connection, and how it differs from other forms of exercise. Mary Lou will share why Pilates resonated with her and how it led her to her current role in helping others achieve better health and function. We'll discuss the misconceptions about Pilates, the variety of exercises involved, and hear success stories that highlight its transformative impact. So whether you're new to Pilates or looking to deepen your practice, this episode promises to enlighten and inspire. Let's get to our conversation with Mary Lou Janes, owner and founder of Exhale Pilates. I'm Mary Lou. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Thank you very much for having me. Well, this is a topic I'm really interested in learning about because I've obviously got a background in wellness, but I don't really know that much about Pilates. I think that Pilates is something that people really love and there's tons of benefit to it, but I don't really know that much. Maybe before we get into the, the what and the how, you can tell us a bit about yourself. Well, I started Pilates, I would say about 22 years ago. <laughs> I was actually living in South Africa at the and the job that I was doing at that time required me to have long, lean muscles, uh, no bulk at the muscle. And I found that that Pilates was the best type of workout for what I, what I needed to be. I was doing some modeling at the time. And then I started taking the classes and I just fell in love with Pilates immediately. I had a background in dance, always been athletic, did a lot of sports throughout my whole life. I was a runner for many, many years. Started as a personal trainer. When I moved to Toronto, I took a course at U of T, and then I started training clients here and there, focusing on developing, oh, we're going to develop the glutes today, we'll work buys and tries, and started sort of that type of interest in training people to make them feel better, to look better, all of the above, right? And then I, when I started taking Pilates, I realized this actually makes a lot more sense. My body started to feel better. I looked better and I had more awareness of my own body and my own posture and what I needed to focus on to make myself individually feel better and have less aches and pains and continued from there. Brought me to where I am today. Just trying to help other people have the same benefit that I had when I first started. Yeah, it's funny, eh? Sometimes your path chooses you and when you find something that resonates with you, you just kind of run with it that way. And I think that's important for people to understand that all these different forms of physical activity have different philosophies around them. So if you were to summarize, what's Pilates philosophy? What makes it unique when we compare it to other forms of exercise? Pilates is very much a mind-body connection. So the Pilates philosophy stems from actually a, a Roman motto, meaning a sound mind and sound body. So your mind and your body are very much connected in each exercise 
that you are trying to accomplish. So if you are trying to just say do a squat or hold a plank, you're mindfully aware of which muscles you're trying to recruit for each exercise. So uh, just say we're using, we, we focus on the breath, take a big breath in. On the exhale, we engage our core mindfully before we try to do a squat. So there's just a different mindset of what is important in the body to use for each and individual exercise. And a lot of people will say it's, it's core. Yes, it stems from your core, but there's a lot more to Pilates than just activating your core. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because a lot of the exercises you, you said were explained, like for example, a squat or core exercises, they're kind of associated with other forms of physical activity too. But if you were to describe just for the overall perspective of how a Pilates workout would run to give people some context here that may not know much about it, what would sort of happen? How would the flow go? Well, we'll start with the warm-up would just be just mobilizing the spine, getting your joints moving in all different directions. So in Pilates, we move the body in four different directions, okay? We move the body in four different planes. So we're trying to work the front, the back, the side, and the deep lung system. So we focus on moving the body in all of these different directions. It's unique in the fact that we're not just focusing on core, legs, upper body, shoulders, we're, we're focusing on working the whole body. So we're integrating the whole body in each and every exercise we do. So our mindset is, okay, how do I connect my upper body into my core to give me more power to take a deep squat? So your mindset changes because you realize every exercise is a core exercise, but you need the whole body to work together to really develop power and strength. So not just, you know, you see people walking around, the exercise gets harder and their shoulders go up to their ears. And I'm like, take a breath. <laughs> yeah. Drop those shoulders because when you drop the shoulders, there's that little connection that connects into your core. So you just integrated your upper into your abdominal. And that's what we call like a hallelujah, a light bulb moment. <laughs> but, oh, I just felt my core, you know, and that's the mindset. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting. It's, it's very much a mindset. It's not about just accomplishing a certain amount of reps, lifting a certain amount of weight, doing a certain exercise. I feel like for some people that could be exceptionally valuable, especially I see a lot of people with injuries over the years and things like this. Can you give me an example of somebody you've worked with who really benefited? Because I feel like if you're listening to this, maybe this is making sense to me. What what's a person that sort of had the success story in your eyes? Um, they're actually quite. I mean, there's quite a few over the years, but I'll use uh, two examples. So I had one lady in her early 60s. She heard about Pilates. She heard about the studio, and her friend said, "You know, you should try Pilates." She was having issues walking, so her favorite hobby to do is to walk long amount of time, like for hours and hours and hours. And as the years went on, she was just really not able to walk anymore. She had a lot of aches and pains around her low back area. And her back just kind of seize up, lock up. So she started taking Pilates here. She came into her former class. And as a teacher, I don't say much. I'm just watching her move. And she was very stiff. She had this, you know, real deep curve in her low back. Her upper spine, which we call like a military posture, was very upright but very locked. No mobility in the in the hips, pelvis locked. Didn't didn't move. Couldn't move at all. 
some of the exercises, which is interesting, that most people would find hard, she found easy. Yeah. Other exercises that most people would find easy, she found really, really hard. So long story short, that was about eight years ago. We, we still work together all the time. And Joseph Pilates' famous quote is, you are only as young as your spine. And so you could be a 90-year-old and have a spine of a 40-year-old. I have a client. She's, she's 92. It's amazing what she can do. I have young clients that are 30. They have very, very stiff spine, like a 90-year-old. Your spine, the mobility in your spine and how you move your spine in all different directions, in all different planes, is extremely important. You, if you move with ease, you can breathe better. It's just less pain, less ache. You have that easy flow movement. So I started working with her. We just started mobilizing her pelvis. So just moving her pelvis and her low back, just getting the hips unlocked, try to release some tension in the hip joints. And then we just started from there and we started building and building. That took quite a long time just to create the movements in the pelvis. It's called a, a neutral pelvis. She may never get to a ideal neutral pelvis, but she's as close now as we can get. Then we moved up the spine and we created the movement in the thoracic spine. So just started creating some rotation. And with this particular client, she needed a lot of flexion because she was so tight in those long muscles, you know, down the spine, the erector muscles. And we just started moving from there. And then we started moving to the shoulders. So there's kind of a recipe of start with the pelvis, start moving through the ribs, trying to get the client connected to the core. Then there's the head force posture. I'm using her as an example because it was, yeah. you know, it was, it was the challenge, but yeah. she was willing and able to do it. And, uh, and now she walks all the time. Her SI joint was, was quite locked on one side. So once we mobilized that joint, we released that joint, mm -hmm. she was already able to move a lot more freely. So when I think about that, one of the things is she has to have a lot of faith in you to be able to take this body that's been rigid and sort of locked in for a long period of time. As a teacher, how do you approach that? And sort of what do you get out of seeing somebody make this change? Because they obviously have to have a difference in the quality of life if their function is bad. Right. Well, she, first of all, she came in wanting to change. She knew this she was in pain. It wasn't working for her. And I said, well, what is your goal here? She came to me and she said, no, I really need help. She said, I want to be able to walk again. I want to be able to move through life without pain. I'm 60 and I feel like I'm 90, you know? And, and so I listen to the client first. I don't try to push anything. I don't criticize how they're moving. I don't say anything like that. We just sit, we chat. They let me know what they want out of Pilates, why they're there and how I can help them and how far they want to go. Maybe you just want to look better. Maybe you just want a better posture. We're going to work with what you want me to help you. No, that's good. And when we think about that, you just listed a couple of different things from the typically you know, sort of cosmetic approach towards it, but also the really functional side of things. What would be the major benefits for somebody when it comes to the overall health improvement for pursuing this type of activity? Oh, there's, there's so many benefits. So when people start training with me, they come in and they have aches and pains. Not everybody. You know, Pilates is known to be for rehabilitation. It is not just for rehabilitation. There's, that's a whole other story. But some most clients are coming to me and say, I have these aches and pains. A physiotherapist told me to come and see you. My quality of life is, is not great. I'm in pain every single day. I'm sitting all the time at work. My posture is terrible. I feel terrible. My energy is low. I know I'm not breathing properly. So they've already made the choice to be here. 
And then we take them through, I take them through the class. So Joseph Pilates has a famous, famous line of in 10 classes in Pilates, you will start to feel a difference. In 20 classes, you will start to see a difference. In 30 classes, your body will have changed. Mm-hmm. And when people hear that and they learn that, that is really, really motivating. And it and it's and it's true. So I'm trying to create for each client to feel day to day that they're able to garden. They can go for a walk. Mm-hmm. They can't take the dishes out of the dishwasher. They can do their laundry. They're not in discomfort. That's right. And I think that having pain in your body is so debilitating on a mental health side of things, on a physical health side of things, quality of life, enjoying friends and family and those different things. And so that's very appealing to people. But I also think one of the things that we're guilty with, especially this time of year, it's January, people really go hard into their news resolutions, yeah. is to probably they have to progress, in particular when you're looking at restoring function. What's some advice for somebody if they want to begin trying an activity like this? Don't try to take on too much. If you want to try Pilates, don't think about it. First of all, don't think about it too much. Just come and try. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can call me on the phone. We can have a chat to make it feel better. Number one, try it. Just do it because you're going to talk yourself self out of it if you don't. The second is don't try to do too much. Just say, I'll do once a week. And then once you start to enjoy it, do it twice a week. Add a walk one day with your Pilates class. Start learning how to breathe properly. Just do it day by day. Set your goal for the day. If you don't achieve it, don't go back 10 steps. Start the next day and just keep going. Yeah, that makes sense. The only way to sustain it, because then you also enjoy the process as well, but you kind of indicated a couple things there. The first thing would be that people can do it on their own, but they can also get advice. And I've always been a huge advocate for learn how to do things properly to begin with. And once you get that skill set, then you can kind of experiment. But going into something blind, especially when it's a skill, can be sometimes challenging. What's the benefit of working with an instructor, at least to begin with? Um, It's really very important. So just say like, for example, somebody um, that's happening to me, constantly having a new person join one of my large classes. The advice is to to just to keep to keep moving. If something doesn't feel good, don't do it. Stop. Focus on how I'm chewing the class. Pilates has its own language, especially when you're learning as Pilates teachers, we really try to help you understand why you're moving the body your way you're moving, maybe throw in a couple of cues of taking a, an exhale. We, we really teach you in a safe, effective way. So it's safe. I mean, I have to say, in 11 years of having exhale, knock on wood, I have not had one person new, intermediate, advanced to hurt themselves at the studio. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a safe form of exercise. And I do think that's important because a lot of the time people can do activities that can actually put them at greater risk for injuries, which can set them back, especially in looking at improving their health. And I guess that's a good segue into some of the misconceptions around it. I feel like sometimes Pilates has a few misconceptions where people think it's made, you know, it's more passive, it's not intense. What would be some of the misconceptions you'd like to clarify for people? One is that Pilates just strengthens your core. Pilates is just about strengthening your core. It is so much more than that. First of all, your core muscles are actually, its uh, we describe it as if you're wearing a short wetsuit. Your core muscles are your rotator cuff, your hips, your glutes, your back muscles. So it's, it encompasses all of those muscles in one. So yes, we work the glutes a lot. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, it's not cardiovascular. Mm-hmm. And that is, oh, not true. I teach also rebounding and jump forward on the reformer. There's a lot of cardio if you choose 
that you want to do cardio and that Pilates, it's not challenging enough. Mm. That it's not hard enough for, for athletes, right? That, that are that, you know, that type A personality, they want to come in, they want to sweat, they want to work hard. The next day, I can't, they can't walk downstairs because their legs mm. are so sore. That type of person is actually harder for me to change their mindset than somebody who hasn't exercised before and just wants to start Pilates to, to yes, you know, straighten their core in, in a nice, gentle way. So Pilates is challenging. It doesn't build bulk. We're not trying to pump up your glutes and pump up your legs. Your legs and your glutes and your upper body and your core, it's all going to be strong and balanced as one, right? If I look at a client and I see she's got really strong quads, why am I going to work her quads? You know, in the session, I'm going to focus on working her glutes, work her hamstring, it, get her connecting into the core. And these athletes, they're humbled. They're like, this is actually really hard. And you know, the other thing that's interesting is the athlete may be a little bit hesitant, maybe at first, that's one demographic. And then there's the youth, you know, they're looking at that high intensity side of things. But we all know that if you're an athlete, you're going to have those aches and pains later on in life. You're going to want to have some movement. Yeah. What age category can benefit from Pilates? I'm, I'm guessing everybody can, and you could probably cater it, but like, what, what are the age demographics that really benefit? And it's really true. Every, every age category. I had a client, she was 13 years old, fantastic gymnast, but she had issues that she needed to work on. So I trained with her for a few months. I have 20 year old clients. They're still trying to figure out, I don't really like lifting weights. I find it really hard. You know, I often hear them say that I find it hard. I I'm not very good at it. It hurts my back, knees. So I think they've probably tried quite a few different types of exercises before that they've heard about Pilates through word of mouth. It's a lot of word of mouth, especially in the city. And they heard, oh, okay, well, everybody's saying you can get fit, you can get tall. So they come in the door looking for that. Whether they stay or not, you know, that's the different story. They might just move on and try something else. And they're in that phase in their life where they're just trying everything, figure out what they like and what they don't like. 30-year-olds, I find 30 up, easier to get them to understand and really appreciate and become quite passionate and addicted to Pilates because they've already tried other forms of exercise that are just not working. They can't sustain it. If you don't have your inner unit, your core strength, your transverse, your diaphragm, your pelvic floor, your multifidus, if these muscles are not on, working and firing, Nine chances out of 10, you're going to hurt yourself if you're trying to lift, you know, 50 pounds over your head. So then 40 up, they love it, I think, because they like a more relaxed exercise that's actually kind of calming at the same time, really effective and, and challenging. But you actually feel quite relaxed when you're finished. Uh, 50s, I think they're focusing on their posture, their mind-body connection, feeling better mentally when I, they finish working out. It's not a stressful workout. Your stress level is low. It's actually, you feel better. You feel taller. You feel like you're more in your body. You're more connected to your core. And that just goes on and on and on. I mean, I have yeah. a lot of clients in their 70s. And they love it because they feel good. They feel great. They don't have any aches and pains. So yeah. they, they got it and they love it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the big benefits from it all. And that's why I think a lot of athletes have sort of taken up the Pilates and the yoga and those different movement type activities because they balance out that strength and those wear and tear that they experience. 
but uh, yeah, I can definitely relate to the fact that it's nice to go into a, a workout, come out of it, and feel looser and ready to go. You know, one of the things you mentioned is that Pilates does have a bit of its unique characteristics, right? So that could be uh, the words you use, but also some of the equipment you use. I know you can use lots of body weight in it, but what are, what are some of the special devices that Pilates so still using the same equipment Joseph Pilates invented. I mean, fast forward to 2024, it has evolved tremendously, but it's still the same concept. We have a reformer bed, which has different resistance. So you can, you'll be lying down a bed, pushing off a bar, and you can add quite, quite a bit of weight. So it's like a lying down squat in a very safe, effective way so we can build strength in upper lower core by using a resistance so you take it from the mat using weights to a machine where it's kind of closed some some of the exercise the chain sort of closes pushing off a bar or adding that the weights the resistance mm. yeah. and you also mentioned that it's just changed uh, quite a bit even though it's got some similarities to when it first started what are some of the trends that you're seeing in it like what's What's kind of new on the horizon for somebody who may have tried in the past, but is looking at revisiting it? Well, I can just speak for exhale. I teach now uh, rebounding. So rebounding, so balancing on your own individual mini trampoline. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a, a part of Pilates because it actually uh, rehabilitation for your transverse pelvic floor strength. So it builds strength in your pelvic floor and your lower abdominals. Also, I teach Pilates with TRX. So using your own body weight. And now we just started using little basic uh, ankle weights, wrist weights, one pound each. They've been around for a long time, but now they're uh, much more comfortable when they were first invented. And it just gives you that little extra bit of weight to strengthen the muscles just a, a little bit more. Not so much new equipment. There are a few uh, equipments here and there. There's a new foam roller now that has um, leg and arm straps attached to it. It looks Interesting. I haven't brought it to the studio. Besides from that, not very much. That's good. You know, a lot of yeah. a lot of things have been around for a long time, and the broke don't fix it. I remember uh, some of the exercises yeah. I did when I first started in my basement with the rate for still the ones. But one of the questions I always like to pick the brains of people that are doing this for a living, that have dedicated their career to it. How do you manage your day to day? So, what does your typical day look like? Being able to manage all the different you know responsibilities you have as a business owner, but also being able to incorporate this into it. Um, the job is definitely very taxing on the body and on the mind. So I have very much a set routine. Uh, I am here seven days a week, so I have to take care of myself in order to be able to help uh, help my clients mentally and physically. So I'm somebody who gets up very early, um, maybe around five. I start, I need a two hours at home before I start my day. So I start my intention for the day. I'll sit, have my coffee. I go through mind body, sign the client, my clients in for the day. I do have to do my Instagram posts for the studio, answer my emails. And then I sort of, I take my bath. I do my own journaling, my own meditation to set my intention for the day. Try to drink and hydrate. And then I start my healthy and and then I go to bed very early and I'm a big napper. I got an, an hour nap every afternoon, same time, religiously. And that gets me to the next part of my day for my the next evening set of classes and clients. Well, and you know, that sort of leads us to this whole philosophical side of things. I think when anybody is like doing it themselves, but also working with other people and has a different perspective on like how other people's lives are as well and how they're trying to 
struggle to incorporate things in. You know, what's your view on like work-life balance or a term I like to use a little better is like work-life incorporation for people that are trying to fit in things that are good for them while they're being pulled in a million different directions? I say, I guess at first try to find something that you actually enjoy doing, yeah. right? You know, if it's just taking a walk every day, being in nature, I find it's very, very helpful. I mean, I don't know anybody who said, I just walked in nature and I don't feel good after. <laughs> I agree. I, I don't think I've ever heard that um, I think the first part, just get up and do it and go. And then once you start that routine, you're not going to feel the same if you don't do it. So it becomes a part of your mental, physical well-being. You just, you, you just, you feel better. So especially thinking about January for people who maybe never exercised before, or especially after COVID, they're in a rut and they just cannot get back to moving. You, you got to just take that first step because it's not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse, right? You, you yep. got to take just that first step. And and I would literally say, don't try to, oh, I'm going to go walk for uh, an hour and a half. Go for a 10 minute walk. Just go for a 10 minute walk or put on a YouTube video at home that just talks about breathing, just anything to not think about why you shouldn't be doing it. Think about all the aches and pains. Yes, we have aches and pains, but they're only going to get worse. Just start moving. Yeah. And change your mindset of get rid of the negativity, try to be positive and try to to move forward, you know? I couldn't agree more. And you know, it's funny. Every expert I talk to, they all say the same thing. And I think it's important for people to hear that message. That is that they know that it's really important that you go slow, that you progress, that you fit in what you can. And I think people stress out a lot about all these expectations that we see on social media, expectations in the media. And that's one of the things we try and clarify in the show. How does doing those little things, that 10 minutes, that going to a Pilates class, doing something that's good for you, reducing that stress in your body, um, actually impact our mental stress? Oh, 100%. I mean, Pilates is now literally called mindful movement. It's, it's the connection of the mind and the body. If you feel good, if you start to feel better physically, you start to feel better mentally. Which one comes first? If you start to feel better mentally, are you going to go out and exercise? Or maybe both are on the same level. You're just not feeling good at both at the moment. I think maybe I would say also about Pilates is that if people hear that Pilates makes you feel better, you feel better once you start practicing. So around the city, you would say, oh, I tried this place. I just feel better. My aches and pains are gone. So I think that's why Pilates has become more popular even in St. John's because it's known to be the feel-good exercise. You feel better. It's not stressful. So I can only speak for Pilates when I'm trying to motivate someone to start. I, I say to them, I guarantee you, I mean, in all the years I've been here, I've never heard a person say, I really wish I didn't do that today. I really wish I didn't take that class. 10 out of 10 the client says, I, I feel better. Yeah. You're going yeah. to feel better. Yeah. But to give that person the push, only you can do that. Right. I can only do as much as I can. I can only motivate you as much as I can. You have to do it. Well, my right? mentor once said that he, he trained athletes his whole life and he, he, he can't count the number of times he's wanted it more than the athletes. So the people do want to have yeah. to have it, but they also have to do stuff outside of it. So we won't go too deep down this. This would be a rabbit hole we could talk forever on. Yeah. Sure. But like, 
if you were to give people like three things that they could do better for the nutrition to complement this type of movement, this type of function you're regaining in the body, you know, what would you give somebody? If I walked into your studio and said, look, I want to do this, but you said, do these three things for food, make a difference. What would they be? Number, uh, number one, cut out sugar. Sugar is toxic. It is addictive. Um, number two, drink water. If you can't cut out the sugar, okay, still there's sugar, you just can't control it, just drink more water. First sign of depression, people don't realize, is dehydration. You're dehydrated. Your brain's not functioning. You are dehydrated. Drink more water. Just add one glass, two glass. That, you'll, you'll be shocked the difference in somebody once they start drinking water. Um, the third, it's I, I'm an intermittent faster. I don't eat in the morning, but I can't. I can't say to somebody, don't eat in the morning because everybody is different. Mm-hmm. You know, it, everybody's bodies work differently. Try to stop eating after eight o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a big one, especially the wrong foods, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not going to lecture. Stop eating the potato chips. The more I say it, they're probably going to want to go home and eat potato chips right after I said it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Also, you know, one thing, you got to read the room. So you got to get to know that person. Like, as I get to know you, I kind of start to understand who you are as a person, what yeah. might work and what might not work with you. You know, you got to know your your client individually. So well, that's those, right. Yeah. Those are good. Those are good. I agree with all those too. And I think they're they're very practical. The other thing is like, you know, I'm different. So like learn about yourself. Like you said, like, you know, you have your thing, I have my thing, everybody has a thing. And that's really important for people not to just go on some cookie cutter approach, especially in cookies. <laughs> but um yeah, that's okay. right. I mean, I've, we're starting to wind down here now, but I was, how can people reach you if they want to learn more? Uh, I mean, social media, Instagram, Facebook, call me, uh, email me, any of those avenues, uh, you can you can reach me. And uh, I, I really do genuinely like to chat with you on the phone first. I mean, I'll spend 10 minutes, 20 minutes on the phone. It doesn't matter. Ask me any question you want. Um, I think that's really how you get the ball rolling making that person feel comfortable right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Totally. They're going to be trusting you with it. It makes perfect sense. I think that's it. Yeah. So it's also reciprocal, you know, and I, I know what that's like from working in that world as well, you know? So I really enjoyed our chat. I've learned a lot today. It's been really enlightening Thank to me too, much. which is great. But any thoughts you want to leave the listeners with, especially like you said, you know, going into January, going to the cold months. Um, well, I'm going to more of a thought of not even just January, well, a couple of things. Why does it always have to be like January? I understand it's the beginning of the year. So say you fall off the wagon in January. I think every first, in my brain, it works this way. The first of every month, start a new intention. If it didn't, if you didn't succeed that month, start again, the first of February. It didn't work the first of March, April. Just start every month, first day of the month, with the intention of working on your wellness and your your fitness and your diet. But you know, don't give up. Don't give mm-hmm. up. Um, also, the other thing, think about, you know, we spend our whole life focusing on financially taking care of ourselves when we retire. I think there needs to be more balance of us taking care of our wellness for when we retire. There should mm-hmm. be a balance of the two. Finances, yes, but you can have the finances, but you can't, you, you don't have the, you don't have the wellness. You know, you, you're, mm-hmm. you're not able to enjoy your life after you work so hard to get to that point, you have to take care of yourself. You know, 
if you can be 60 retired and you're still great and you're 60s, 70s, whatever, I mean, that is, that's wealth. That's it. Yeah. I agree. Right. I heard that saying that, you know, people spend their whole life making money and then spend it all trying to regain their health. They lost making the money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I, I was, I was, I was really curious about your answer with the January. I agree 1000%. There's always a good time to start is right now at this moment. There's only now, there's, and then, you know, the yeah. past doesn't even, it's gone. So I think that's great. Mary Lou, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here. I want to thank Mary Lou for joining us today. It's been a really enlightening conversation. We've gained valuable insights into the world of Pilates from its history and philosophy to its numerous health and wellness benefits. Mary Lou shared her personal journey with Pilates and how it transformed not only her life, but the lives of her clients. Her expertise in the mind-body connection and her holistic approach to Pilates and fitness is really inspiring. For those interested in learning more about Pilates or exploring its benefits, you can reach out to Mary Lou at Hexhale Pilates. They offer a wide range of classes and personalized training. They cater to all experience levels. You can find them at Instagram under exhale underscore Pilates underscore yoga. Well, thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of The Wall Show on your VOCM.